Happy Halloween, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Angel Scrolls Project. I'm your host, Paul James Caden, and this week is our official Halloween show. And uh, it's not going to be so spooky per se, though we're going to be talking about Halloween, but we are going to be talking about Halloween and the ridiculousness of religion. Now, before we jump into our show, our Halloween show, I just want to say that I do have uh, an announcement coming up at the end of this episode. You might want to stick around to hear that. Or if you hate today's topic, just go to the end of the show and, uh, you know, hear the announcement. It's uh, it's a pretty important one. But uh, nonetheless, uh, let's get into our conversation here. Uh, you know, it's Halloween coming up tomorrow, Monday, October 31st. And some people celebrate in their own way. Some people watch a spooky movie, take their kids out trick-or-treating or what is now trunk or treating. Some people go to church harvest festivals, whatever people do just to celebrate the uh, the end of the month, the, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of creeping in on what they call the dark time of the year. The days are definitely getting shorter uh, here in uh, New York State. The uh, clocks will be turned back for daylight savings time uh, somewhere, I, I think, uh, early first couple of weeks of November. Winter is coming, uh, as they say in the uh, popular TV show. Can't remember what it was. Dungeons and Dragons, I want to say, but that wasn't it. I want to say winter is coming. But uh, anyway, I, I didn't like the end of that show. I don't know about you guys, but uh, uh, Game of Thrones, that that's what I'm thinking about. I, I wasn't so... Uh, I thought the series was eh. I'm, I'm a hard sell on the whole, you know, warriors and dragons type of thing. There were parts of it I thought were okay, but the ending just left me flat. Uh, I didn't even bother with the new one, though I hear it's good. Uh, but like I said, I'm a hard sell on that type of thing. Not my, not my favorite genre. But anyway, you know, some people will be uh, celebrating Halloween uh tomorrow in their own way. Others will not. Others will be protesting the holiday as the devil's night. And, uh, you know, to me, that's the ridiculousness of religion. You know, I I always share with you guys who listen to the show what inspired me to talk about a certain thing, you know, what kind of struck me to make me talk about the the particular subject in the podcast. And uh, this week, it was really just seeing as we get closer to Halloween, just the internet, whether it's uh, Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Twitter, you know, wherever you look. You know, just the mass pumping out of, you know, that message of, you know, Halloween is the devil's night. 
don't take your kids trick-or-treating. You may think it's innocent, but, you know, putting them, you know, in a costume and taking them out, you know, to get candy is opening up uh, satanic and demonic doors in their lives and in your home and in your family. And, uh, you know, this kind of thing, I don't know if some people really sit back and think about what they're saying, how completely illogical and outlandish and even uh, theologically unsound, you know, it, it is that they're saying, you know, this whole idea and if you go on YouTube and, and, and go through my videos, it's, it's, it's quite a ways down the pike. It, you know, it was one of my first, uh, first or second year of podcasting where I did a video podcast. Um, I don't remember the title. It was something like, you know, is Halloween, you know, an evil, you know, pagan holiday. It's got a jack-o'-lantern face on the thumbnail. And, uh, you know, I talk about, that's when I had my show, The Spirit Side. And I talk about in that show how I saw when this whole Halloween is the devil's night uh, thing really start to catch on. And, uh, you know, there was a point, uh, you know, when I was growing up and before that where most people, you know, even religious people celebrated Halloween. They didn't think anything of it. You know, we didn't see any of their kids growing up to be witches and Satan worshipers. I didn't. The kids and the, you know, the grown-ups I now know didn't. Most of us, myself included, grew up watching scary movies, you know, whatever they were. You know, the, the Blob, Gargoyles, uh, The Shining, you know, whatever. You know, yes, we had a fascination with haunted houses and ghosts and scary things, but it didn't make us want to worship them or open doors to, you know, get into all kind of crazy uh, occult type of things. You know, I remember when I was just a little, little kid, you know, five, six years old, my first Halloween costume for the first two years that I ever went out trick-or-treating was actually the devil. And I didn't really know uh, what the devil was, you know, but I remember I picked that costume, the old Ben Cooper Halloween costumes or Spooktown uh, Halloween costumes with the plastic mask with the rubber band that you just put over your face. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was, you know, really small choosing that costume because of the bright colors. To me, it was like Halloween colors. It was like autumn colors. You know, I thought it was a great costume. Uh, it didn't make me later on, you know, find out what the devil was and go, oh, boy, I bet the devil's really pretty and colorful and Halloween-y like that. I think I'll worship him, you know, not at all. And most normal people uh, didn't get into that sort of thing. Neither did they have or do they have uh, demons infesting their homes and their lives and their families or, you know, their kids now that they got older and they have families. You just don't see this happening in real life in real time. But a lot of this superstitious 
you know, notions about Halloween came to be through what is known as chick publications. And I cover this in uh, the video I did a number of years ago on YouTube. Chick publications was started by a man who was a cartoonist. His name was Jack Chick. And eventually he got into like, you know, some religious uh, writings and he started doing some tracts. And then there were, you know, some books that were put out, uh, you know, by um, Chick Publications. And Chick Publications is a really hardcore uh, anti-Catholic publishing company. And most people understood that, you know, this, you know, this, this Jack, Chick, you know, these Chick publications and pamphlets, uh, they're pretty radical. They're, they're pretty um, fanatical, you know, and it was only the really kind of fanatical type of people that, you know, you would see passing out, you know, Chick tracks, you know, at, at that particular time. But it was not a favored uh, school of thought at all. Most of Christianity understood what it was. You know, this was very fanatical type of stuff. And they stayed away from it and they would even warn others against it. And it was uh, through the Chick publications that there was, there was a book entitled The Two Babylons, uh, which draws all these lines. You know, there, there, there was Nimrod, you know, the first Antichrist and all all the different things that came from him throughout, you know, history and through civilizations and empires and, you know, Easter eggs and Halloween and Christmas. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, historians and scholars have, have really kind of, uh, ripped that book apart and said, you know, Jack Chick here, it, you know, really, uh, well, it wasn't Jack Chick who wrote the book. I forget who the author was. But it, uh, I believe the book was first published through uh, Chick Publications. And, you know, it, it, it has a lot of uh, assumptions and just kind of, I, I, I guess you, you would call fight, flights of fancy. You know, this made sense to the author, so he put it in the book as a truth. Uh, but again, you know, historians and scholars and, you know, theologians have said this, you know, that there's a lot of, a lot of incorrect information in this book, you know, that, um, it shouldn't be taken seriously, but it was, you know, fast forward, uh, probably into the 1980s, uh, Jack Chick, you know, Chick Publications, uh, some of the older books started to come into vogue. And it was largely due to uh, there were some very conservative evangelical uh, televangelists who started talking about these things, kind of bringing out this uh, chick philosophy, you know, uh, mentioning and recommending the book, The Two Babylons. Oh, there's so much information in this. And this is a book that, you know, uh, they don't want Christians to read. And it was hard to get for a while. And it was now it's being, you know, it's been republished through this particular company. And what a resource. So all this anti-Catholic, anti-holiday, anti-everything that, that, that came out of this book. And I read the book and it was... 
you know, it, it was really mind bending and I had to go, you know, this is my quest in studying, you know, religion and a lot of different thoughts in the past. Then I went on the quest to find out, is, is this book so? Is, is this for real? And uh, I found out, uh, yeah, there's a lot of issues with the book. But, you know, so there were these uh, very conservative evangelical televangelists that started pushing some of the chick ideas and even some of the uh, old chick publication books that were republished uh, by other uh, publishing houses. And I've mentioned this in uh, podcasts in the past that it was an interesting time in the 1980s and you know even in the 1990s because a lot of churches in you know a lot of different denominations, particularly those of the non-denominational, you know, but it, it spread you know through various denominations, started mimicking the teachings of some of the popular televangelists because they knew it was popular. People were going to Christian bookstores. They were, you know, buying the books, you know, Pat Robertson, John Hagee, uh, T.D. Jakes, uh, Chuck Missler, you know, uh, a, a lot of these guys. And, you know, Chuck Missler wasn't a bad guy. You know, some of them may recognize his name. And he does have some books out there that, you know, were, were pretty informative and he was a very smart guy, and I think he was a nice man. But, you know, uh, there was a point where Chuck Missler even began to push some of the chick narrative. So, you know, these people were very popular, along with the Kenneth Copelands and the Kenneth Hagans and the Creflo Dollars and, you know, the the Word of Faith movement. And a lot of churches started uh, pretty much preaching their sermons and their messages because it filled pews. It was popular. It's what people wanted to hear. And through that started to come the chick philosophy. And so we saw a lot more uh, mainstream Christians starting to uh, peddle this idea, you know, oh, Halloween is the devil's night. Oh, those jack-o'-lanterns will bring demons to your door from, you know, miles around. You know, oh, those Christmas trees, that'll, that'll bring, you know, some pagan uh, demon, you know, mimicking, a, you know, a tree deity into your house. You know, all, all this crazy stuff. And that's when it really started where I talked about another podcast where Christians were, you know, spraying raid in the faces of, uh, you know, little kids that came trick-or-treating to their houses or throwing hot water in their faces or, you know, just all kind of terrible things. Now, these are supposed to be, you know, the Christian people uh, protesting the devil's night, and here they are doing, you know, physical harm to little kids coming on their doorstep. So figure that out. So that was the origins of uh, this whole really influx of Halloween being the evil demonic devil's night. And you follow that up with now what now what really set the world on fire with, with this kind of thought was what came after. And this was a man by the name or a televangelist by the name and some of you may recognize 
his name was Bob Larson. And he claimed to be an exorcist. Bob Larson went all over the world, you know, doing exorcism, casting demons out of people, casting demons, you know, out of their homes. And you can find videos of him uh, on YouTube, you know, where he's got this big, uh, I don't know if it's a pewter or a metal cross, you know, and he goes up and he puts the Bible on somebody's head and you know, puts the cross on top of the Bible. You come out, Satan, in the name of Jesus. What is your name, demon? You know, and the people are convulsing. And the guy's a fraud. He's a known fraud, you know. <laughs> but uh, Bob Larson wrote a book entitled In the Name of Satan. And uh, I believe you can still find this book on Amazon. And Bob Larson was the first, one of the first people in the evangelical televangelist community that started this notion in his book, In the Name of Satan, and it was other books that he wrote as well, that, you know, he had to go to people's houses to cast demons out of them, demons out of their loved ones, their kids, and lo and behold, the, these were Christians. He was noticing he was casting demons out of Christian. These Christians, these were people that were born again, believed in, you know, uh, Jesus Christ. Why were they being possessed by demons? Well, oh, Bob suddenly figured out it's because of things they had in their homes. A statue of a fairy in their garden a little statue of Buddha that someone gave the family or that someone just had as a decoration. Um, anything of this nature, you know, and then of course it spilled in, you know, to the holidays, you know, that these jack-o'-lanterns, these costumes, these uh, Halloween decorations, all these things can have demons attached to them. And generally do. And if you bring that little statue of a fairy or that little statue of Buddha, who never even claimed to be God, so I don't know where people get this idea that Buddhists worship Buddha, uh, because they don't. <laughs> they don't see him as a god or a Christ-like figure. You know, he's uh, Buddhist philosophy is very different, and Buddha never claimed to be God. Buddha existed 500 years before Jesus Christ, and he pretty much was a reformer of the religion of his day with all the superstition and the animal sacrifices and how, he, you know, he said the, these things are just pretty much nonsense. But I diverse here. Um, so Bob Larson started this notion, this idea that Christians have to go through their homes with a fine tooth comb. And, you know, if there's an old Ouija board in your attic, or if somebody has a deck of tarot cards, God forbid you had those things, um, or some, you know, family member that took a trip to Hawaii and got one of those little, you know, souvenirs of a tiki god, you know, the little 
wooden thing kind of kind of looks like a, a totem pole. Anything like that in your home, take it out, burn it, uh, bind it in the name of Jesus, do all this stuff because likely it has a demon attached to it. And this, ladies and gentlemen, through this man who is now known as a shyster and a fraud, but people uh, still very much like Bob Larson. And uh, I've known people, I've talked to people in, in, in my particular uh, business and counseling business who were going to take a trip to see Bob Larson because they felt there was a demon in their lives. So he's, he's, he's still uh, quite popular. You know, he doesn't have the, the best-selling books like he did, but he's, he's still popular and he still has this message out there. But In the Name of Satan was the book. And as I always say, I was alive and well on planet Earth and saw when this happened, and I read the book. And I saw what happened after that book came out. It was everywhere. That was the next flood behind the chick philosophy being pumped out through uh, conservative evangelical uh, Christians. And then it was, it was wildfire. And it still exists today in a lot of people's minds, in uh, a lot of Christian circles. And that's why you see a lot of this nonsense, you know, and I talked about it in one of my other shows, Christians claiming that uh, witches are being called into the candy factories this time of year, satanic witches, to put spells on the candy. If kids eat the candy, you know, they'll be like ingesting a demon and dark magic, jack-o'-lanterns, you know, all this type of thing. You know, the, the very night itself of Halloween, October 31st, you know, lock yourself in and just pray and do spiritual warfare because, my God, you know, the the whole thing is just permeated with demons and devils. And ladies and gentlemen, that kind of thinking, like I said, I'm, I'm now 55 years old. I'll be 56 in September. And I saw... In my lifetime, how all of this became just, well, we'll say very popular in a lot of Protestant Christian circles. I saw when it happened. I saw how it happened. Through the uh, resurgence of Chick Publications and its philosophy, and then uh, Bob Larson. And after the popularity of Bob Larson's book, In the Name of Satan, well, you know, everybody else jumped on that bandwagon. Oh, my God, everything's possessed. You know, Christmas is possessed. Uh, Little statues of angels are possessed. You know, this has a demon, that has a demon, you know. Don't read certain books because the books could, you know, be being watched over by a demon. Everything, they were everywhere. 
So it, it really spread like a cancer. And we can even look logically, as I said earlier, to all the people who celebrated the holidays. We have this thing, you know, holidays versus holy days. You know, everybody's got that, you know, nonsense that they got to throw out there this time of year. But we could look at the holidays. Nobody got into the occult. Nobody was possessed. Nobody was having demons in their homes. Family members weren't getting possessed. I mean, for God's sake, how, how many people did you know growing up that had in their home a little statue of a fairy or a leprechaun or... Something of that nature, a little Buddha statue or what, you know, something that has kind of a magical uh, legend or mythos around it, a little figure, a little picture, you know, a little charm. None of these people were possessed. We didn't see them running off to worship Satan and becoming black witches. So the proof is in the pudding. None of this ever happened. But we got a few jugheads out there now that come forward with these stories. Oh, I celebrate. You know, I was going to do a whole presentation in this podcast where I broke down... Um, this video, I was going to have the audio where there's this uh, woman on YouTube uh, saying the truth about Halloween. And this is hard talk about Halloween. We, we're really going to see why this is satanic. And I was going to play her commentary in the video and then comment on it. You know why this is bunk. You know, and she's saying things like, oh, when I was a kid, me and my sister, we loved Halloween and we would draw, you know, uh, fake headstones and cut them out of paper and paste them on the wall and lay down on our beds at night and make believe we were sleeping in a spooky cemetery. Oh, then we used to like to dress up and go trick-or-treating. Oh, we liked, you know, we liked horror movies and spooky things. And then later on in her life, she got introduced uh, to the occult. Light at first, and then it got heavier where she got involved with some people, I guess, that were you know, doing some uh, things that uh, I don't think I would be doing. I don't think any normal person would, whether they be religious or not. And then she says, oh, and then I found out what they do on Halloween night. And oh, my God. All right. So you made the choice to get involved with these people. And eventually got frightened, you know, because of what they did and then saw what they did on Halloween night. They chose to do it. And that gave you the idea that Halloween is just infested with devils. It, it doesn't make any sense, ladies and gentlemen. And people fail to realize, and this is where a lot of the Protestant evangelical community 
falls on its face in just complete ignorance. Because there's things they either don't know or things they don't want their listeners to know because it flies in the face of their fundamentalist, literalist theology. So let's think about Halloween for a moment. Granted, yes, once upon a time, it was a pagan holiday, Samhain. And there were some people, the Druids, among others, who did some pretty nasty things on Samhain. But when the church came along, the Christian church, they Christianized a lot of these holidays. And a lot of people don't understand. If you look back at early Christianity, how many of the rituals and beliefs were actually very similar to the pagan beliefs. And that's why you get this idea where people say, well, Christianity is made up and they just borrowed from the pagans. Because there are some similarities there. And that's why Christianity, as it took things over, it Christianized a lot of these pagan celebrations. What was Halloween? Hallow's Eve or All Hallow's Eve, All Souls Day. It was a time to remember and pray for those who have departed. A lot of people don't know, especially in evangelical circles, early Christians used to go to the graves of the dead and pray for them. And if they were a particularly saintly person, they would actually go and ask that person to pray for them in heaven to help them with some difficulty on earth. This was not a Catholic invention. This was something that Christians were doing before the Roman Catholic Church came into vogue. Then it became the idea where religious people would make what are called soul cakes. They were a little, you know, raisin cookie thing. They're actually quite good. You can find a, a recipe online. Uh, I, I would say, you know, look up a recipe for soul cakes, make some for Halloween and uh, try them. They're, they're awesome. And so they would make soul cakes and a lot, a lot of people would hand out soul cakes to the poor, or they would take the soul cakes and, and eat them in the graveyards as they prayed for the dead. And it actually became a thing. All, all souls Eve, all hallows Eve, that, I, I, and I don't remember how, how the, the whole thing went where, I don't know if it was just the poor people or, or all people, you know, they would go to the houses and they, you know, they would give them a soul cake. I don't remember what that, that whole thing represents, but there's a, a lot of Christian um, tradition in what is now Halloween. Now, granted, you know, it got mixed in with the, you know, the jack-o'-lanterns and this and that. Um, 
But again, if, if, if you're going to sit there and say that a pumpkin, a pumpkin's a pumpkin until you carve a face in it and put a candle in it. Now, somehow it's a beacon for demons. You know, that, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, this, this is superstitious belief. And I always say, you know, when I see this kind of thing on the internet, you know, in just droves this time of year, I, I got to be honest, folks, you know, it, it kind of turns my stomach. Because people have no clue where this nonsense came from. They don't care. You know, they think it's just, you know, oh, you know, this is, this is a Christian belief. It's always been believed. Or it was hidden from us, you know, by, you know, big brother in the closet or whatever. It wasn't and it's not. This is a relatively new movement of this whole holy days versus holidays thing. That started, you know, maybe maybe in the mid-late 70s where it started to creep in a little bit. But through the 80s and the 90s is when I, I really noticed the explosion. Because of the resurgence of the, the, the chick philosophy and uh, the Bob Larson books. But like I said before that, there, there, there were millions of people, hundreds and thousands of people that celebrated Halloween in the United States alone. And we didn't see them becoming devil worshipers or being possessed by demons. You know, and I always say if religious people took the amount of time they do peddling this mental diarrhea, as I call it, and ex, ex, you know, excuse me for <laughs> you know, the description, uh, if they spent as much time helping the poor, the lonely, ministering to the sick, bringing the actual gospel message to people that are confused or feeling hopeless or afraid. I think they'd really uh, be doing something and, and, and get far in what they're trying to do. But no, we're, we're, we're just filled in religion and in Christianity, just filled with superstition and ignorance everything is of the devil this is what it's become and people are fixated on the old pagan practices when they're supposed to be modern day 21st century Christians believing like old peasant pagans in the far flung past careful of that pumpkin it's got a demon Careful of that bonfire, holy Jesus. There's devils floating all around it, and they're going to get us. Oh, be careful of that, that, that skeleton on somebody's porch. That, that represents the spirit of death. Man, you don't want some jumping on you for, from that plastic skeleton up there, do you? 
Don't put that costume on Junior. Holy Jesus, he's likely to get possessed. (laughs) That rubber mask is just teeming with evil spirits. I mean, come on, folks. Really? And if people believe that or want to believe that, I, I, I don't even know what to say. You know, I, I actually saw someone put out a video uh, on YouTube a couple of days ago, you know, the satanic agenda be behind all these uh, superhero movies, the Marvel superhero movies that are coming out. Are you flipping kidding me? It's everything. And people call this Christianity. People call this the gospel. People call this the truth. People call this being saved or saving people. If being saved means being completely um, infatuated and obsessed with demons and darkness and devils, that I can't even sit here and do a podcast because, oh, my my cell phone is actually a miniature black mirror and a demon's going to reach through and grab me. And there's people, I say that in jest, but there's people that believe that. You ever wonder why all these smart TVs and cell phones and tablets all have black screens and they're kind of reflective when you don't have them on because the makers know that they're, they're, they're making black mirrors and putting black mirrors in everybody's home so the demons can come through and infest their homes and possess their bodies. And if you don't know what a black mirror is, it's a mirror with uh, anything shiny. You know, people make black mirrors in different ways, but it was a shiny black surface that you saw just a little bit of a reflection in. And people, you know, uh, would stare into them in the darkness and divine things, tell the future, um, speak to the dead. It was, it was kind of like a crystal ball, but it was a, you know, a black mirror. So these people would have us believe, you know, the, you know, our tablets, our phones, our TVs, they're all black mirrors. And the manufacturers who make them know this because eventually they're going to unleash and this is this is true, I swear to God. Eventually, they are going to release through the cable wires that come into everybody's home and through the 5G and through the cell phone services, they are going to unleash a drove of demons that are going to come through the wires, that are going to come through, uh, you know, the cable wires, through the cell phone systems, through the airwaves, and they're going to come right through our TVs, right through our phones, right through our tablets, and they're going to stand right there in our homes and start taking over the earth, taking over us. I mean, is this real life, or are we living in a horror novel? If this is the truth, if this what being saved is, I'd rather not. 
these people are more scary than the make-believe people engage in once a year on Halloween. I'd rather put a costume on a kid and take him out trick-or-treating or trunk-or-treating, whatever they do this time of year, than take them into a church filled with that kind of psychological and mental poison. And might I add, spiritual poison. This, this is like a razor blade in an apple. You're handing somebody religion just filled with this poison of fear and superstition. And things that are not even true. I mean, people just make things up, come to these crazy conclusions and say, oh, this is what God told me. Oh, here's what I know. Here's what I now see through, you know, prayer and reading the Bible and drawing closer to Jesus. Your cell phone's a black mirror. Unbelievable. And it's the same people who believe QAnon that Democrats here in the United States of America were actually reptilians sacrificing and eating babies and children in, you know, underground caverns and temples. Now, I'm not a political person. I'm not sticking up for Democrats. I don't care for Republicans or Democrats. They all have an agenda. They're all uh, rather crooked, if you ask me. If a politician's talking, he's lying. That's my opinion. But to believe... (laughs) Democrats were reptilians sacrificing and eating babies and children in underground caverns and tunnels. And people believed it in droves. People showed up at the Capitol on January 6th, you know, to to riot and, you know, do what they felt they had to do because of thoughts like this. Is that being saved? I'd rather not. If I was if I was not a spiritual person, I wouldn't go anywhere near that stuff. And it's no wonder atheism is spreading the way it is because it's just insanity. It's it's unrecognizable as what is what religion used to be, or even what the original message of Christ and the 12 apostles were. It's it's to the point where it's completely unrecognizable. It's like a dark cult. A cult that doesn't practice and engage in the darkness, but yet it's just as obsessed with the darkness. And talk about the father of lies. I mean, the untruth and the lies. And round and round it goes. All thanks to the resurgence of Chick Publications, Philosophy, and Bob Larson in the name of Satan. You know, there were other things that came along later on. I've made the podcast uh, as well. 
where, you know, there were certain Christians that got into a lot of these, uh, you know, political uh, conspiracy theories. And then there was the advent of um, Glenn Beck, Alex Jones. Uh, I also have a show, um, a podcast that, that, that they were the, the godfathers of uh, the, the recent uh, conspiracy movement. And they were. These were people that were kind of, you know, little known here and there. Um, you know, I, I guess Rush Limbaugh could be uh, a part of that as well. He, he, he was that way to a certain degree. Uh, and then these people got thrust into the mainstream. And who was it that made them very popular? Evangelical Christian televangelists pointing to these people, you know, going to these people's rally. I remember John Hagee and other televangelists were at Glenn Beck's rally uh, in Washington, D.C., you know, X amount of years ago. So, you know, they, they kind of pushed the narrative. These guys are telling the truth. Oh, these guys are showing us where the Antichrist is coming from. And it was the perfect storm between Chick Publications, Bob Larson, and the talk show host that pushed uh, a lot of conspiracy theories. And I watched these guys for a while. I watched Glenn Beck. I watched Alex Jones. I remember just in 2000, 2009, 2010, when they were saying, oh, be careful next year. A Hershey bar is going to cost you $15. Price of chocolate's going up. You like to eat Hershey bars and candy bars, you better get them now. Because in 2011, it's going to be 15 to $20 for one Hershey bar because so-and-so said it, and this company's behind it, and this politician backs it. It was corn, it was chocolate, it, all these things they said, and none of it ever happened. But yet people still believe it and will continue to believe that kind of thing. But all that was the perfect storm to bring us the Christianity we have today, which is just, in my opinion, it's, it's not Christianity at all. It's a very um, deformed uh, version of it, and I don't see it heading anywhere good uh, at, at the rate that it's just pumping people full of political divisiveness and hatred and all this craziness. I'd rather be just a normal person going out and celebrating Halloween and putting up my Christmas tree and believing in God and loving my family and being happy with my life, being happy in my connection with, with God, than join into all that stuff. Forget about it. I think all of us should. Because it's dangerous, it's toxic, and <laughs> for lack of a better term, straightforward, it's a lie. They're telling you a bunch of superstition and lies. And you heard it here, folks. So listen, I've had your ear for long enough on the Halloween show 
I just want to make my quick announcement. No angelic reflection this week. I just want to announce I will be taking a bit of a hiatus from podcasting. A lot going on in life right now. Me and my family are looking to move. We may be moving uh, the 1st of December. Uh, so, you know, packing up through November, we're waiting on word. A uh, lot of things going on. A lot of changes. Um, a lot of busyness. So I'm not really sure. Uh, I like the podcast through the holidays, so I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll put something out here and there for uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, you know, I like to talk about the angels and little messages of hope. But I'm definitely on hiatus, uh, and I think I'm, you know, I think I'm officially just hanging up podcasting for right now, at least till the end of the year. You know, like I said, I'll, I'll be around here, here and there because I'm sure that I'm going to probably come back with something. But but right now, uh, life is just busy, and um, yeah, life is just kind of busy and changing. I'm one of the last of the Mohegans when I started podcasting. There were a bunch of people, you know, that I knew doing it, and all of them have stopped. All of them have fell away, and uh, I'm the only one left. And now, uh, at least for right now, I'm hanging up my spurs. Um, uh, you know, I like I said, I enjoy podcasting, and I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll come back with something. But I I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what it will be or or when. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of question marks at this point, you know. And one of the things is, you know, like I said, there's changes. We're we're looking to move. My family and I. There's there's. Uh, a lot of changes going on, and they're good changes, positive changes. And uh, as far as doing something like this, it's just um, a lot of people are hanging it up because it it gets very unrewarding, you know, to, to, to put time and effort and uh, try to be honest and realistic, and people just don't listen or they listen to the show and they don't listen because they'd rather believe uh, the superstition and the conspiracy and the the craziness over, you know, something that is uh, level-headed, you know, and uh, trying to take the middle path and be more honest about where a lot of this kind of modern-day anger and superstition and craziness is coming from. Uh, it's un It's kind of unrewarding in a way. And that's one of the big reasons, uh, you know, a lot of people that I know uh, don't do podcasting anymore. Because they were good people. They were honest people. They were people that did their research and people who were educated and people who were smart and people who came in and told the truth and said, hey, this movement that's happening, uh, be careful because. And all people wanted to do was get online on Facebook on, you know, wherever they were and just, oh, you're so full of it. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, all the arguments, all the ugliness, you know, and I get emails and, and comments uh, that way as well. But it just seems uh, not a lot of people care, not a, not a lot of people care about anything that's true, anything that's honest, anything that's balanced, anything that's not completely outrageous. 
So for right now, I'm going to uh, fall back into the shadows a little bit. Uh, like I said, keep an eye out. I'm sure I, I might put something for holiday season. Um, I, I enjoy podcasting. I look at it as a little uh, ministry or service to humanity, if you will, to try to just try to bring reason and hope and good things, you know, into people's lives uh, that listen. And it, it doesn't really matter to me whether it's one or one million, but um, I don't know the the rudeness um, or, you know, people listen and, uh, you know, you, they really don't comment. They really don't reach out with thoughts, you know, opinions, or just to say, hey, I agree, or hey, thanks, you know, it's, I don't know, I, I, I think a lot of people when we podcast, we're, we're, we're looking to build a little bit of a community as well, like-minded others to gather around uh, certain subjects, and you, you just don't see that, it's either crickets, or it's attacks, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it can be frustrating. So I'm going to be uh, in the shadows for a little bit. Um, like I said, I, I, I may be around here and there, but I don't think I'm going to do any any weekly shows. Um, and I'll figure out what the future of everything is later on. You know, if I want to come back with a show or, or, or not. But... Uh, Stay tuned. I'll let everyone know what my final decision is, uh, what happens uh, after all this. It's not going to be till after uh, the new year, I think, when I make any final decisions. But until then, for those of you that do listen, stay in the light, stay in love, and walk with the angels. And um, I'll talk to you when I talk to you. God bless and peace out.